It's happening, readers. We have heard that you want paperbacks from our tailored book recommendation service called TBR. And I'm delighted to let you know that we're going to be in sync with your request. That's right. We're bringing paperbacks. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, you're on a budget, you want a wider range of recommendations, or all of the above, now you can get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. We're bringing paperbacks. <laughs> You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Patricia Elsie Tuttle, and don't you want my backlist? Don't you want my books? This is episode number 255 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple backlist titles that I'm really happy to share with you. Hi, everyone. How are we all holding up? I am doing the best I can. I'm working my day job full-time from home. I am reading books and cooking and organizing and learning a new song on the ukulele. I am definitely getting things done, but real talk, motivation is in the dumpster right now. Everything is taking like three times the effort it would before this pandemic. I'm definitely not reading at the speed I was a couple months ago, so I'm still really thankful for audiobooks where I can increase the speed. Both of my picks today I've read in ebook form and audiobook form, and they're great reads both ways. Before I get to my backlist book picks, let's hear from today's sponsor. It's happening, readers. We have heard that you want paperbacks from our tailored book recommendation service called TBR. And I am delighted to let you know that we're going to be in sync with your request. That's right. We're bringing paperbacks. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, you're on a budget, you want a wider range of recommendations, or all of the above, now you can get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. We're bringing paperbacks. For my first pick, I picked All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. I'm going to start with my one giant complaint about this book, which is that I will never again be able to read it for the first time. It is so good, and I just want to bottle that feeling I felt after the first time I read it. And I am so excited for any of you that pick this book up after this show and get to read it for the first time. I do want to give a quick content warning for parental death. The story starts with Patricia, who is six years old and finds a wounded bird. Patricia tries to soothe the bird and says she'll take it home and put it in a cage till it gets better. And much to Patricia's surprise, the bird speaks up and says, no, don't put me in a cage. And so we learn that Patricia can speak to birds. To be fair, the bird is also very surprised that Patricia can speak to it and tells Patricia she's probably a witch or something. The bird also tells her that the Parliament of Birds can fix a broken wing if Patricia is willing to take it there. 
So off they walk into the woods, and after some adversity, they make it to a giant tree with a hundred different birds in it. These birds are also very surprised that she can talk to them. Since the Parliament of Birds is top secret, they need her to prove that she's a witch, and therefore welcome there. So they ask her the endless question. The next thing she knows, she's waking up in her father's arms, and her parents, who are fairly disengaged as parents, admonish her for her acting out and punish her by making her stay in her room. Then we meet Lawrence, a kid whose parents desperately want him to be outdoorsy and into nature, and he is very much not. He'd rather be tinkering with his computer and playing video games. He finds some schematics on the internet and builds a clever little piece of tech that I'm not going to tell you the details of because I find it really charming and I don't want to spoil it for you. He then learns about a rocket test at MIT, and he plays hooky and makes his way there only to learn it has been delayed. However, he's wearing that little piece of clever tech, and he meets some adults who have made the same thing, so it's like, oh, they recognize each other as part of this like clever little club of people who were able to figure out building this thing. Flash forward to when Patricia and Lawrence are around 13. They meet and become friends, kind of. Lawrence commissions Patricia to help him convince his parents that he's spending time outdoors and has a friend. And Patricia also is like, great, my parents want me to have friends. And so they kind of team up and they become friends. When Patricia is at Lawrence's house, he shows her the supercomputer he's building and developing AI. He sets it up so that Patricia can chat with it and help the AI develop. While the two of them are hanging out being friends, we learn about Theodolphus Rose, a former member of the Nameless Order of Assassins. Lawrence and Patricia, remember who are children, are his targets. He believes that destroying them will save the world. If you haven't put it together between learning about like what Patricia's talents are and what Lawrence is into, this is a tale of magic versus science. So Theodolphus Rose, the assassin, goes to great measures to destroy Patricia and Lawrence, eventually splitting the two apart, but not killing either of them. Patricia goes to witchcraft school, Lawrence goes into science, and then we fast forward 10 years to Patricia and Lawrence as adults. Patricia is a witch, and Lawrence is working on some elaborate tech, and they both end up in San Francisco and running to each other at a party. And then their paths keep crossing. I'm going to refrain from telling you too much more about it, but like I said, this is a tale of magic versus science, but it's a totally unique and different way of exploring it, and I really enjoy that. It's also an apocalyptic tale, which I know a lot of people are super into reading those right now, so it's timely. Um, It's funny and fun and exciting, and it's one of those books that I started reading and just could not stop. I could not put this book down. It is a wonderful escape and one of my favorite books. Again, this is All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. For my second pick, I have Notes from a Young Black Chef by Kwame Onwachi and Joshua David Stein. If you've listened to some of the past episodes of All the Backlist that I've hosted, then you probably know that I love food, 
books about food, books about cooking, books about food history, and chef memoirs. So it should be no surprise that I'm going to talk about notes from a young black chef. Kwame Onwachi is an award-winning chef and former Top Chef contestant. He has been named a 30 Under 30 honoree by both Zagat and Forbes, and he's only just turned 30. Knowing that, this memoir focuses on Kwame's childhood, young adulthood, and journey into the culinary world. Kwame Onwachi was born in New York to a Black American mother and a Nigerian father. Onwachi says he comes from a long line of restaurateurs and has many early childhood memories around his mother's cooking. We learn that his father was physically and emotionally abusive and his parents split when he was quite young. Definite trigger warnings for physical abuse. Growing up, Kwame would try to spend as much time with his mother, who was building a career as a caterer. Catering is not always a steady income, and Kwame talks about his mom just scraping by trying to take care of him and his sister on her own. The whole book is a wild ride. Kwame talks about acting out as an adolescent, and then his mother just sends him off to live in Nigeria with his paternal grandfather, who is a well-respected former academic. Kwame thought he was only staying for the summer, but his mother had him stay there for maybe a couple of years or so and basically told him that he's staying there until he learns respect and fixes his attitude. So when he returned to New York when he was 12, he started acting up again, got in fights, joined a gang, worked at some fast food restaurants, sold drugs, went to college where he started selling booze and more drugs. Like I said, wild ride. Eventually, we learn how he starts to piece himself back together and comes to be a cook out on an oil rig in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico before moving back to New York and starting his own catering business. Flying by the seat of his pants this whole time, putting himself out there, saying yes first to opportunities and then figuring things out later. He finally makes his way to the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, and graduates from there. This book is equal parts heart and hustle. I really enjoyed it. I also enjoy that each chapter involves talking about a pivotal dish in his life, and then at the end of the chapter, he gives his recipe for each dish. So I highly recommend Notes from a Young Black Chef by Kwame Onwachi. That's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. Also, I want to mention that if you go to our homepage at bookriot.com, you can find all the COVID-19 news and posts related to the book world by clicking on the bright yellow header that says COVID-19 updates from the bookish world. If you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist, and you want to show us some love, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Infofile, as in the lover of information, spelled T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. In the meantime, have a safe weekend, drink some water, and happy reading. Happy reading.